Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Bible in Life podcast. And as always, I am so glad you're joining me here on the podcast. Here on the Bible in Life, our goal is to provide blue jeans theology. That is Bible teaching that's rooted in the language of everyday life, that's clear and understandable, and will help you follow Jesus right in the midst of your everyday life. And so, thanks for joining me. I'm glad you're here. And on this episode, we are going to do something just a little bit different. I simply want to read and reflect on just a handful of Bible passages about a subject the subject of joy that I think is just so vitally important to us always, but maybe even more so at this present moment in time. But before we jump into that, just a little bit of an announcement. I am working on a project that I'm super excited about over on my listeners commentary website. I'm hoping in the next three to four weeks to launch it. What I'm creating is a study hub that goes beyond just the audio. So if you are wanting to study the Bible for yourself, and if you've checked out the listener's commentary or not, and you're like, man, I would love to just walk down through Bible books and really study those things and learn them and get a better grasp on all of that. That's been one of the heart of my professional life. I taught New Testament theology for 19 years at Boise Bible College. I'm actually an adjunct teacher right now and teaching a class on Galatians and James presently at the college. And I love just opening up the scriptures and bringing them to life and making them three-dimensional and helping us see the implications as best as we can. And that was really the driving force behind creating the listener's commentary in the first place. Well, now I am adding to that a study hub that goes beyond the audio. And Lord willing, in the next three to four weeks, we will launch at least the initial version of that, and I'll keep adding more to it, but it it will have charts and notes and pictures and captions and explanations and background material, all to bring the text of Scripture to life. And so... If that sounds like it would be useful to you, if you're somebody who's like, man, I really want to study the Bible for myself and get a handle on some of these things, then then swing on over to listenerscommentary.com. Put your name and uh, email address in uh, there on the homepage so that you can be notified as soon as that launches and I can let you know. Here's the thing. That represents 30 years of Bible teaching, hundreds of hours of study and work, uh, over the years, but also at present and pulling all this together. And uh, so, but I want to make that as accessible to as many people as possible. So here's what I'm doing. I'm off, I'm going to offer that as a pay what you can afford sort of platform. And so if that means you can give five bucks a month, give five bucks a month. If you can do more than that to help offset the cost of some of that, Um, that maybe others can't afford, pay a little bit more, right? That's what I'm going to do. So if that sounds useful to you and helpful to you, then swing over to listenerscommentary.com, put in your name and email address, and as soon as that launches, Lord willing, in the next three to four weeks, you'll get an email just saying, hey, that's up, that's ready to go, and you can sign up for whatever you can afford, and you can have access to all that data and more to come. So I'm going to just keep building that out over the the next months and years as I add more and more articles and resources and recommended books and links and everything else that will help you study the Bible for yourself. So listenerscommentary.com and check that out. Sign up for that and put your name in there so you can get notified when that's available. All right. 
On this episode of the Bible and Life, what I want to do, as I said, is just read a handful of passages on the subject of joy. I need this reminder. My wife and I were talking about it the other day after church that how easy it is to fixate on what's wrong or what dis- discourages us or what's hard or what we don't like or the brokenness we see in the world or in our relationships or whatever it is. It's so easy to focus on that. And that that can just drag us down and cause us to, to get negative or cynical or bummed out or stressed out or just discouraged with life. And yet, as God's people, we have every reason to be people of incredible joy. And not only do we have every reason to be that, we're called to be that, that Christians individually and corporately, like in our own heart, in our own demeanor, in our own personal um, just expressions, and in our interactions with others and in our group relationships, Christians ought to be the most joyful people on planet Earth. We have every reason for that. And so as a reminder to myself and as an encouragement and a reminder, hopefully to you, I just wanted to read and reflect on just a handful of my favorite texts on joy in the New Testament. Let me start with one in 1 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to begin in verse 3, but the stuff about joy picks up in verse 6, but we have to have the context so we can hear it. So 1 Peter chapter 1, picking up in verse 3, says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his great mercy, has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, unto an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are protected by the power of God through faith, for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And then he says, In this you greatly rejoice, in this hope that gives you a great inheritance and an incredible salvation that's just waiting to be unveiled when Jesus returns. Like, in this you greatly rejoice. And that's not just the word rejoice with an adjective on it. That's a special word that means like you bubble over with incredible exultant joy. Like in this hope, in this salvation, in this inheritance, you bubble over with incredible overwhelming joy. Even though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been distressed by various temptations and tests and trials, like whatever kinds of difficulties and temptations come your way, even in the midst of that, you overwhelmingly rejoice. Why? Because the the proving of your faith, the testing and proving genuine of your faith through these difficulties and temptations um, is like more precious than gold, he says. Gold, which is tested and proven genuine by fire, and yet your faith and the genuineness of it is more valuable than that. And it's going to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus. And though you haven't seen him, you love him. And though you don't see him now, but believe in him, now you greatly rejoice. And there's the same word again. You bubble over with this exceeding great joy. He says, with joy so great that there's not even words for it. 
and it's full of glory. That is just an incredible description of the joy we have. And notice, we can have it in the midst of difficult circumstances. We can have it in the midst of tests and trials and hardships. We can have it even though we're being battered by various temptations that are a test to our faith. All of that refines our faith and puts it through the fires of refinement so that it comes out the other side pure and authentic and genuine, and it results in the praise of Jesus when he's revealed. And notice how that's all set in the context of our hope, that our living hope, even in the midst of this world, leads us to bubble over with overwhelming and exceedingly great joy. That's an incredible text about the joy that we have. Here's another one. Um, Another one related to that is James chapter 1. Sounds very similar to 1 Peter, even though it's a little more brief. And that is, consider it all joy, my brother. Notice that, all joy. Not just a little bit of joy, but all joy, my brother, when you encounter various trials, right? Same idea as 1 Peter there, like various temptations and trials that test your faith. Consider it all joy when you encounter various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result that you may be mature, complete, lacking in nothing, right? And then he goes on, as that paragraph unfolds and he talks about at the end how we're going to be given the crown of life because of our endurance and our perseverance. Again, future focused on our hope and what we have in Christ. So count it all joy, even in the midst of various difficulties, hardships, tests, temptations, and trials. All of this is an expression of really the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. Like Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit says that uh, walk by the Spirit, you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. And he explains then a little bit why that's the case, because those two are opposed to each other. They produce different results. And then he says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and so on. Notice that the second one, joy that the Spirit in us produces as we walk in partnership with him in life, the Spirit produces joy. Like he, he wants to give us joy. He intends to produce joy. He intends to form and grow joy in us. So uh, the Spirit, as you walk with him, will fill you and produce in you and increase in you his joy. Jesus said the same sort of thing. John chapter 15, the very night before he was crucified. Here's Jesus with his disciples in the upper room. It's a bit of a somber night because he has been talking about his ensuing death. They don't fully get it and understand, but Jesus knows it's just the next morning. There's a, a little bit of a dark cloud in the air. And yet for three years, Jesus has been walking with these guys, teaching these guys, laughing with these guys, smiling with these guys. They've been around him and Jesus there and in that context in the upper room, says to them, John 15, 11, these things, the stuff about abiding in him and sticking with him and remaining in him and learning from him and listening to him, right? Like abiding in him. These things I've spoken to you, catch this, that my joy might be in you and your joy might be overflowing. Like here's Jesus speaking to his guys that he's been with for years and 
if Jesus didn't have a desirable, radiant kind of joy, the kind of joy that would say, man, I wish I had that kind of joy, he couldn't have said that with any credibility. And yet he obviously did. And, and they learned that lesson. And so Peter, in that upper room, writing in 1 Peter chapter 1, says, yes, yes, you can have this joy in Christ. Like that's what we do when we experience Jesus and the hope and the inheritance and the salvation that we experience now and forever. Like that gives us this exceedingly abundant, overwhelming joy. Jesus wants us to have that. The Spirit wants to produce that. Um, way back in Psalm 118, verse 24, it's actually set in a messianic context. Uh, it's the psalm about the builders rejecting the stone that became the cornerstone, right? This is the psalm that's about the work of Jesus. And in that context, it says, This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Like, like God is doing this through his Messiah. He's created a brand new day in human history, a brand new day of salvation. I will rejoice and be glad in it or maybe even in, in, in him. Like the Hebrew word translated it, bo in Hebrew, could also be legitimately translated him. Like I will rejoice and be glad in him and his work and the stone that the builders rejected, I will rejoice in him. And that makes perfect sense in view of uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, this well-known, really, exhortation by the Apostle Paul, rejoice in the Lord always. Not, not just when you feel like it, not just when it seems to make sense, but rejoice in the Lord all the time in the midst of the good times and in the difficult times, in the midst of trials and temptations and the, right, like rejoice in the Lord always. Like don't put your joy in your circumstances. Set your joy on the Lord himself. Rejoice in what he has done. Rejoice in who he is. Celebrate him. And so he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Like this is to be at the heart of our Christian experience. In fact, when you read through the book of Acts, there's a handful of places where uh, like the gospel is first preached in, the, in a new city and people come to faith in Jesus. And in that context, it says there, like Acts chapter 8, there was much rejoicing in that city because people are believing in Jesus or that uh, again, Acts chapter 8 with the Ethiopian eunuch, when Philip uh, preaches the gospel to him, he comes to faith in Jesus. He's immediately baptized. Philip is snatched away by the Spirit, and it says the eunuch saw him no more, but went on his way rejoicing. Like this, this experience of Jesus right from the get-go leads to a deep, real, radiant kind of joy. Joy is a mark of Christian faith. Joy is a character trait the Spirit intends to produce in us. We are people of exceedingly abundant, great joy. And that joy isn't like self-generated. It's not, it's not just shallow. It is joy that's rooted in the Spirit of God. It's joy that's rooted in Jesus himself, 
It's joy that's rooted in God the Father, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the three most joyful persons in the entire universe. And they invite us into their joy, want to share their joy with us. And because of what they have done in redeeming us, because of the promise they have given of restoring all things, we, even now, can rejoice with exceedingly great joy, with joy so great that we don't have words for it, and it's full of glory. And so I needed that encouragement. Um, I'm hoping it encourages you as well to fix your gaze on Jesus, to fill your heart with the hope that he has given us, to walk in partnership with the Spirit, and so that he can produce his great joy in you. So may we be people that radiate the very joy of Jesus into the world, even in the midst of frustration, difficulty, temptation, hardship, and darkness. May we, may we rejoice with exceedingly great joy and radiate that into the world so that our joy can be just as attractive as Jesus' joy was and might just draw people to Jesus himself. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Bible and Life podcast. And thanks to each and every one of you who make the Bible and Life possible, make the listener's commentary possible by your faithful support and generosity. If you have been blessed by this ministry and you want to join the team of donors, uh, you can do so at the link down below, johnwhitaker.net slash give, or on the listener's commentary website, same sort of thing. There's a give link there as well. I am praying for the Lord to just stir up more hearts so that uh, we have more resources to continue to create uh, Bible teaching resources that will help people follow Jesus. So thanks to all of you who are already part of that team. If you want to join the team, click the link down below. May you go about this week in the joy of the Spirit and in the fullness of Christ for the glory of God, regardless of what you're facing. Fix your hope on Him and be filled with great joy. God bless you guys. I look forward to talking to you again next week.